From the Financial Times in London, I'm Elaine Moore and this is FT News. Millennials are a generation both celebrated and derided as individualistic, creative and entitled. Now they've come of age. Widely recognised as the first cohort to grow up with the internet, these digital natives have preferences and habits that pose a disruptive threat to everything from the media and entertainment to food and fashion. It is a consumer group that businesses ignore at their peril. Here with me to discuss the millennial moment is John Gapper, the FT's chief business commentator. John, I think most people have a rough idea of who millennials are, but can you describe to us the precise definition? The precise definition, according to Pew, the US research group, is those aged between 22 and 37. And what that means in practical terms is we think of millennials still as being young people, but actually they're all adults now. Yeah, they're grown-ups. So this is presumably why this generation is now of interest to businesses, because they have some money to start spending, do they? They're in jobs. Yes, that's right. The lucky ones are in jobs, but also they've become really what businesses think of as the core consumer. They are the young adult category, they're having kids, whereas the baby boom generation is really ageing out. And although it has quite a lot of wealth... It's not really the prime target audience of a lot of companies anymore. So if this is now the core group, can you give us an idea of the numbers that we're talking about within this generation? Well, one of the interesting things about this is globally it's a huge generation. It's around 2 billion people. And if you compare, for example, the US with Asia, in the US there's about 75 million millennials But there's five times that number in China and also five times that number more in India. So what we're seeing is not just the growth of a new generation, but a shifting of the world's axis towards where consumption is coming from. And how would you describe the lifestyle differences between millennials and that other big generation that they're taking over from? Millennials like to complain a lot. That's the that's the idea. Is Does it really suck to be millennial, do you think? I think it sucks to be a millennial in one very specific way, which is that there was a period of asset price inflation and specifically house price inflation in the past 30 years, which means that if you're coming of age at this point and you're forming a family and you think, I'd like to buy a house, it's much, much more difficult than it used to be. I think there is a clear distinction there. More broadly, I think that the baby boom generation grew up in a period of rising incomes, a sort of sense that the future was going to be better than the past, certainly better than for their parents' generation. And they were used to mass brands, used to mass advertising. And basically, they didn't question things in quite the same way that I think a lot of millennials do. So given that millennials have, to some extent, been priced out of the housing market, how does that affect their choices as consumers? Well, I mean, in terms of income, what is interesting is that they're making really quite clear choices. And one of the choices they're making is to say, no, actually, we don't want the brands that our parents wanted. We don't want the services our parents wanted. In some ways, they have a much wider choice and they have access to a great deal more information than the earlier generation. So in some ways, they're privileged in terms of technology. They know more, they're more sophisticated, they're certainly more choosy. And they're saying, actually, we won't put up with some of the things that our parents' generation put up with. Do you think the business world has been slightly slow to catch up to that point about the way that millennials regard brands? 
clearly people have been expecting this moment for a long time and there's been a lot of talk about millennials and young people and consuming and thinking in different ways. I think what's been a shock to a lot of large corporations, consumer products, giants, media companies, is the sheer size and impact of this change. So you've got companies like Unilever or Procter & Gamble, which have seen their revenue growth slowing sharply. They're trying to buy smaller, more organic, more meaningful brands. And so there's really no choice anymore. I think there was a lot of talk about having to adjust to millennials, but now it's serious. And you mentioned earlier the size of millennial cohort in Asia. Is there any sort of substantial difference, do you think, between Asian millennials and, say, American millennials? Well, going back to the earlier point, I think there's one big difference, which is the baby boom generation in China went through the Cultural Revolution and the country was a great deal poorer. So for a lot of Chinese millennials, they're relatively optimistic. All the surveys of optimism, pessimism among the millennial generation suggest that in US and Europe, they're a bit fragmented, a bit discontented and a bit pessimistic about the future. Completely the opposite in Asia. This is a generation that has more money than its parents, has greater expectations and is living better. And so they are more cheerful, rather like actually the US baby boom generation was post-war. And finally, if you were to sum up this generation's impact on the wider global economy. What would you say about that? I think there's a bit of a contradiction, really, because at some level, they have less of the privileges that their parents have, but they're actually, they are demanding, they know exactly what they want, and they're simply not putting up with a lot of things that certainly large established companies have produced for a long time. And one of the reasons for that being that the impact of traditional advertising isn't working in the same way. And so I would regard them as being really a generation of quite high standards, quite high ethics and a sense of wanting to do good and wanting companies to show them the colour of their money. Thank you, John, and thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out the FT's new series, Millennial Moment, The Business of a Generation, on FT.com. In future episodes, we'll be looking at different ways in which the changing tastes of millennials are affecting business, culture and lifestyle choices. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.